Hello, this is Tennessee Bill. Global Heritage Books and Greenfly Productions present What We Saw, a tale from the Bigfoot community. This episode is brought to you by Kindle Vela by Amazon. Introducing Kindle Vela by Amazon, a new way to read serialized stories. Find stories you love. The first few episodes are free, including this one. Go to Kindle Vela on the Amazon page and search What We Saw. Episode 4 Wanda. This is great, said Poir. Who is this guy? That's Alfie. I met him last night, and he's camped here on the edge of the lake, said Jerry as Alfie described a Bigfoot spaceship. He obviously has schizophrenia. I can't believe he just told you this and let you film him. Your camera work looks good. So I guess you are a filmmaker now. Well, that's just one crazy tale, but there's others like him looking for someone who'll listen. They may be a little batty, but I think folks like these tales even though they're crazy. As they were talking, Jerry heard a familiar sound approaching. It was the plinking of a banjo. Hey, Randy, said Jerry. Hey, man, what's up, said Randy. I see you're up bright and early. Randy was well known to the Bigfoot conference goers. Yeah, man, you know me. What have you been up to, said Jerry. Dude, I just got back from a big squatch hunt in West Virginia. It was awesome. Did you see one? No, but we heard some knocks. What are y'all doing? Watch this video Jerry took last night, said Poir. Randy's eyes were as wide as an owl's as he watched the small camera screen. Randy's day job was as a lineman. He was ripped and muscular, and his usually bare arms were sleeved with intricate tattoos. One rarely encountered anyone more jovial. He could do anything, and was a BMX bike champion as a kid, and now his passion was old banjo tunes. Everyone knew when Randy was at an event because his loud banjo frailing could be heard from sunup to sundown while he sang Grandpa Jones and string bean tunes. He knew the words to them all. His red beard came down to his chest, and two gold teeth sparkled in his ever-present smile, adding to the hilarity of his routine. I'm going to make a Bigfoot documentary documentary, said Jerry. Dude, you totally should. Man, there's all kinds of stories like these. Dude, I know a million people with a story like this. Well, we gotta go visit them. Totally. Let's go see my buddy Eddie. He lives in West Virginia and says Squatch comes and vandalizes his house all the time. You think he would let us film him? Probably not, but you could reenact the encounter. They do that all the time on documentaries, and it says reenactment at the bottom of the screen. That's a good idea. You want me to call him? Hell, he let us camp there this weekend. Sure, if he says yes, I'll go. I'll text him. Randy was fumbling with his phone and holding his banjo when a notion struck him. His mouth was open with a smile corresponding to a shocking idea. Dude, you gotta interview Wanda. Who's that? 
Dude, she's here this weekend. It would be great. Randy bounced with excitement. What's her story? Man, I don't even want to tell you until you hear it from her. You think she'll let me film it? Absolutely. She'll tell anybody who'll listen. All right. Randy jumped up and started walking through the campers, announcing his presence with a banjo tune as he disappeared into the campground. You gotta have him sign a release, said Poire. A release? Yeah, it gives you permission to use images of them. How would I get one? I got a blank one you could use. Why do you have one? I have to send one in when I pose. Pose? For artists. Naked? Of course. They take pictures? Sometimes. Are they online? Some of them are. Well, that will be something to Google later. Well, you'd have to know the name I use. What is it? Not telling. Later that evening, the attendees were enjoying the final night of the conference. Jerry was monkeying with the camera mounted on a tripod. Randy stoked up Jerry's fire pit, and Poir was cleaning up the taco truck, making it ready to travel. Randy was still practicing his banjo licks when his phone dinged. Man, Eddie says we're welcome to come. Should I tell him you're coming? Jerry looked at Poir, who replied with a why not shrug. Yeah, we'll go. Randy was texting away to Eddie and laughing to himself when a short, pudgy lady walked toward them. Her hair was dyed purplish red and revealed long gray roots. She wore a yellow floral summer dress and a matching purse that barely fit around her ample shoulders and bosom. Hey, Wanda, said Randy. Wanda, this is Jerry, the filmmaker I was telling you about. Jerry blushed after being introduced with the title. Hello, she said. Hello, Wanda. Have you been enjoying the conference? Yes, I guess so. But so many of the speakers have no real idea of who Bigfoot is. Do you know about him? Huh, yes, said Wanda with a pretentious laugh. I'm collecting stories of people who've seen Bigfoot and who might know a little more about him than others do. Are you uh, interested in telling us on camera? I guess so, but you can blur out my face and change my voice. My story is private and personal, and people just wouldn't understand. But I'll tell you because it's not fair the way he's treated, nor described. He's not a wild animal, nor a beast. Great, and thank you. Jerry gave Wanda a chair and lowered his camera to frame her face against a backdrop of trees. Wanda, I'm going to ask you a few questions. Just relax and speak like you're talking to your friends. Are you ready? Jerry began recording. Wanda sat up straight, smiled, and looked into the camera. All right, Wanda. Tell us what you saw. It's not necessarily what I saw. It's what I lived. You've encountered Bigfoot several times? Yes, but understand there are many. Not just the Bigfoot, as you say. Most of the ones on film are female. You see, the males are rarely seen and smaller, and they have a harder life. They're also very sensitive and emotional and live a very lonely existence. 
She spoke with a contrived air of Southern aristocracy. How is it you know this, Wanda? A Sasquatch was my lover for ten years. Poir stepped inside the taco truck, so Wanda couldn't see her holding back the noises of her astonishment. Jerry was gobsmacked and struggled to form thought words to choose for the next question. He looked over at Randy, whose gold teeth were glinting under his green eyes, staring straight into Jerry's, implying, I told you so. Jerry took two breaths and hoped his voice would hold. How did you meet him? I was living in Northern California at the time, near Spring Valley, in a cabin I obtained after my second divorce. I had just turned 30 and still had my figure. One day, I happened to see him walking out of the woods. It was your typical Bigfoot sighting. Like anyone would be, I was scared, curious. A few months later, I saw him again, just for a second. He came walking out of the woods, looked around, and went back. Each visit, I became more curious, so one day I decided to leave him a gift. I put some fruit into a shoebox and left it at the edge of the woods. A couple days later, I went and checked on it, and the box had been opened and the fruit taken. There were huge footprints all around it. This went on for a few weeks. Eventually, he became less cautious about me seeing him and didn't seem to care that I was watching out my window. One day, I decided to leave him a note. So I left a postcard inviting him to come to the house. He could read? asked Jerry. Yes. How did you figure that out? One of the gift boxes I left for him had a candy bar in it. I watched him pick it up and he read the label. Then I knew... Well, what happened after you left him the postcard? Well, one afternoon I walked into the living room and he was looking into the windows. I saw him, smiled, and waved, and motioned for him to come to the door, but he bolted back to the woods. But over time he got braver. And then one day I opened the door and he didn't run away. He came in. I could tell he was nervous and was looking around everywhere. He didn't stay long the first time he came in, but each time he was more comfortable and stayed a little longer. I fed him salads and cookies. He loved V8 juice. Did he talk to you? No, they can't talk. They make a weird low-pitched gurgle, but can howl louder than you can possibly imagine. But for the most part, he understood what I said. He didn't nod or shake his head yes or no but had the most expressive dark eyes so that you could tell what he was thinking. So you and him were intimate. She sat up straight and tried her best to imitate demure modesty. Well, that came later. At first we were just friends. He seemed depressed and appreciated the kindness he found as my guest. I used to give him bubble baths. It took an hour to blow dry all of his hair. But when it was done, he looked like a giant Pomeranian. They don't laugh, of course, but you could tell he loved it. But yes, eventually, our friendship grew into romance. He was a very passionate lover, gentle and appreciative. People report that uh, Sasquatches smell bad. Can you comment on that? Well, that's true. It was hard to take. Sweetie's smell was horrible. 
baths didn't help, and my house and furniture reeked the whole time we were together. I lit candles and had potpourri everywhere, but, but that didn't make much difference. Can you uh, describe the smell? Whew, it was fetid and sulfurous and smelled a bit like rotting meat. It was really the only negative part of the romance, and at times was a big limitation to our physical connection. Do you still see him? No, uh, he left eventually, and I never saw him again, or any other Bigfoot, and that was twenty years ago. Why did he leave? I'm not totally sure, but I could tell he was unhappy. As the years went on, he seemed more and more depressed. Maybe there weren't good opportunities for a young Sasquatch in Northern California, or maybe he missed his family. He was never able to tell me, but I got the sense he was preparing himself emotionally to leave as the time came closer. He would just mope around and cry. Sasquatches cry? Oh, yes. Well, at, at least Sweetie did. He was very emotional and cried often. The day he left for good... He was crying so much his chin hairs were soaked. He held me for several minutes, and his heart was racing, and I knew what he was implying. I told him to do whatever he needed to do and that I understood. He looked into my eyes and walked out the door never to come back. Mascara-laden tears stained her cheeks as she looked unwavering into the camera and at Jerry. Wanda... Thank you so much for the story. It's, it's incredible. Have you ever met anyone else who knew a Sasquatch like this? No, I never have. And I don't tell many people. As, as you can imagine, no one believes it. And they just laugh at the absurdity of it. However, I can tell you with certainty, it was the happiest time of my life. None of my husband's before or after treated me with such kind affection. I would welcome him back with open arms should he ever want to return. She said nothing as she stood and waddled away in her tight girdle. Dude, I thought you'd like that one, said Randy. You're right. That was great, said Jerry. Delusions, said Poir. Delusions? Yep, that's what she has. She's either delusional or lying but she seems to believe her own story. Yep, that's the deal with these Bigfoot geeks. A few like Meldrum or Stewart are totally legit and chase the science, but most are just totally nuts, said Randy. I know they're crazy, but I'll be honest, the ridiculous ones are as much fun as the real ones. Is Eddie's story going to be as crazy as that one? asked Jerry. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. This has been What We Saw, a tale from the Bigfoot community, brought to you by Global Heritage Books and WilliamC.com and Kendall Vella. Join us next time for the next episode of What We Saw.